2: And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Day Show free podcast today powered by CRTV. My name is Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E is how to pronounce the last name. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And again, if you use that promo code DACE using my last name at CRTV.com, you can get a reduced rate subscription to all the great shows here at CRTV, including the great one himself, Mark Levin, as well as us. Promo code DACE at CRTV.com. Use it now. You get a free trial. You can also get a monthly option for just 10 bucks a month. We just finished wrapping up today's television show. Aaron, what stood out to you that you want to tease for the audience?
0: Don Lemon said, what? Uh, Nate Madden. Um, <laughs> I think that was a good conversation with uh, him on- on the round table today. Uh, and the bottom line, I keep harping on this, and uh, to some extent, as far as uh, talking about uh, corruption in politics, I'm, I'm starting to sound a little bit like Bernie Sanders, just with different solutions, because it's true that the big insurance companies, the insurance cartel, Has uh, their hand in the pockets, stuffing the pockets of both the left and the right in this country. As I said uh, towards the end of the show, we get into this a lot more. I don't want to give away the store. Um, They have. There's nobody in Washington who gives a flat rip about you. That's that's the gist of this. And so there's just. um, I said yesterday. That I need to do better at casting a, um, a more positive vision. Yeah, it lasted less than a day. Um, there's just—he's going to suck at Lent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This—it's um, there's—it's—it's it's impossible to talk about these things and see any glimmer of hope legislatively, uh, while that's the case, while while the politicians are being bought off. Uh, by a lot. No, now there's some principled people there. I'm, I, I know, but the vast majority of them are just being bought off by uh, big insurance companies, at least as it pertains to healthcare, health insurance. Todd,
1: we had an interesting talk about defining terms it started off with a book called do justice that steve endorsed and then went tangentially off into a fantastic rant uh by steve about uh the nfl because but it all started with we have to be honest about terms it reminded me of c.s lewis at the beginning of mere christianity this word christian we don't get to do with it whatever we want it has to mean something specific it does mean something specific and and back then c.s lewis talked about the term gentleman and how that That word uh, was made almost useless by uh, redefining it. Uh, We need to be careful about our terms because if we are not, if they aren't abused, we end up in the moral chaos that we have now across the country. And I think that's the reason why Steve departed uh, or went off into the discussion about the moral chaos currently uh, in, in the NFL.
2: Well said, both of you. I think you'll really enjoy today's TV show. Uh, so check it out, uh, crtv.com. Promo code: DACE, Use our last name, and you can try all the shows. If you don't like us, there's going to be some show there you're going to like. Okay, it's it's worth your ten bucks a month. I'm a subscriber too. By we, we we don't we don't even get our own shows for free. So I subscribe to CRTV, just like everybody else we're asking to do uh, as well. So CRTV.com, promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, and don't forget you have a free trial. If you try it for a few days within that trial period, you don't like anything that we do at CRTV.com at all, cancel at any point during that trial period, and it'll cost you absolutely nothing. All right, on with today's podcast, we continue our series on Americanism 101, and we started this at the start of the year. Because it became obvious to us at the conclusion of the previous year that there's a lot of confusion about really what is this whole American exceptionalism thing. Where did it come from? Why are we exceptional? What built that exceptionalism and, and what will sustain it? And conserve it for future generations. So we started off laying the foundation of that exceptionalism. It's the creed you, 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 that Chesterton said America was the only country ever founded on a creed, and we we define that as there is a God. There's only one God. It's the God of the Bible. Our rights come from Him, and therefore the only, or maybe not only, but the primary purpose of government is to protect and defend those God-given rights. And therefore, since that's its primary directive, anything it would attempt to do. That would get in the way of that. It should not do. Well, now that we've laid the foundation, we're talking about what's the framework for for living this out, for doing this, doing the creed, and and this framework for the purposes of this conversation was laid out several years ago in Dr. Cleon Skousen's book, The Five Thousand Year Leap: Twenty Eight Principles That Changed the World, and he's talking about the twenty eight principles that went into the construction of our constitutional republic. And we're down to the last few, after doing this for the last nine plus months. And this week we're on the 24th principle. And and Dr. Skousen's 24th principle is this. A free people will not survive unless they are strong. A free people will not survive unless they are strong. We probably have to define strength, right? Right? What is strength? What kind of strength do you think Dr. Skousen talking about, Todd? Uh, Well,
1: I hearken back to uh, Benjamin Franklin. A republic, if you can keep it. And ultimately, even he uh, knew that there is a moral component uh, to that. A man whose own individual life uh, was broken, but in the hardest of times in the Constitutional Conventions called... For prayer called for divine providence uh, to intervene. I think strength means what was clearly uh, meant in the uh, the 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 declaration: uh, the laws of nature and nature's God, the only plumb line that matters at all. It's not strength; isn't an emotion. I think that would be easy to fall into that, or to cast, or to somehow cast it in almost cartoonish ways no the, 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 what strength was was known long before america ever existed and we'll still know it and we'll know it in a very very harsh lesson if we watch america cease to exist aaron strength, what do you think it means yeah,
0: strength is a recognition of your own of your own weaknesses and then the knowledge uh, of where to go uh, to find your true strength. Uh, in other words, uh, I would say that, that, that true strength is relying upon uh, the, most, uh, the, the strongest being in the universe. That's, that's what I would say is, is true strength.
2: Hmm. Here's how Dr. Skousen defined it in this chapter. He says, a free people in a civilized society always tend toward prosperity. In the case of the United States, the trend has been toward a super-abundant prosperity. Only as the federal government has usurped authority and intermeddled with the free market economy has this surge of prosperity and high production of goods and services been inhibited. But prosperity in the midst of thriving industry, fruitful farms, beautiful cities, and flourishing commerce always attracts the greedy aspirations of predatory nations. Singly, these covetous predators may not pose a threat, but federated together, they may present a specter of total desolation to a free and prosperous people. Before the nation's inhabitants are aware, their apocalypse of destruction is upon them. It was this philosophy of the founders that the kind hand of providence had been everywhere present in allowing the United States to come forth as the first free people in modern times. They further felt... That they would forever be blessed with freedom and prosperity if, if. So this whole God bless America thing wasn't a slogan. When, when, when we're saying, this is theology, by the way, right? When, when, a, when a, a human enterprise invokes providence, providence is another word for what? The hand of God, the will of God. When when a human enterprise invokes the will of God by saying we will do blank in order to incur from you blank in theology we call that a covenant that's covenantal language you see covenants throughout the scriptures
1: another word for covenant is testament
2: yes so what would be examples of co- God covenanted with Noah that he would not destroy the earth by flood ever again. God covenanted with Adam, if you go forth, multiply, subdue the earth you have dominion over it, just obey my law. God covenanted with the Israelites. Worship me and I will give you and defend and protect your land. See these covenants throughout the scriptures. Now, we're not arguing here that this American covenant is on par with that because it's not. That's not what we're arguing. What we're saying is that the founders intentionally attended, intended to emulate that. They both attended to, intended to acknowledge and identify the hand of providence and invoke it at the same time to say, if we do the following... The God who gives us our rights, we believe, will maintain forever our freedom and prosperity if we do blank. Now, what's the other half of this sentence here? They further felt that they would forever be blessed by their creator, via providence, with freedom and prosperity if they did what? They remained a virtuous and adequately armed nation. Notice the order of words there. A virtuous first and adequately armed nation. Is it enough to just be a virtuous nation but not be adequately armed? Guess what's likely to happen? You're gonna get conquered. People will get jealous of the this is what he's talking about. Eventually other nations will get jealous of the fruits of your of your virtue. The freedom and prosperity you have. i like, you know, I want to get me a piece of that action. And since you're not armed, guess what we're going to do? We're just going to walk, kind of walk in and just take it from you if you don't mind. On the other hand, is it good to just be an, a, an armed nation and have no virtue? Clearly not. Clearly not. Because if you have no virtue restraining an armed people, they will eventually turn their arms on one another. And so this is a formula. Here. A strength of character and a strength of defense. Now, one or the other. Not one without the other. Virtue is another way of saying a strength of character. Adequately armed means a strength of defense. And that if you have those things... If a people has the character to do and live in a way that God has called them to do and live, and then they have the means by which to keep those who would seek to bring idolatrous or pagan or um, ungodly ideals and ideologies into the country, you have the means by which to keep them out, then God would look at, one, you're governing your own life two you're willing to to protect what your what you're you're willing to protect your own life and the lives of others living in virtue from the unvirtuous that god would then look at your preemptive actions to show him you're trying to incur his favor and that he would act by maintaining your freedom and prosperity which means by the way we want to re, we want to do a little reverse engineering here if the formula is God will grant us freedom and prosperity if we remain virtuous and armed it means we have this backwards we act as if we can make ourselves free and prosperous most of our political debates are about what now right now they're about cultural issues Okay, because of what's going on with the NFL but most of the time how much time is going to in a normal environment for the course of our lives is more time spent on budgets jobs programs tax cuts or murder rates in inner cities human trafficking infanticide what do we spend more time on?
1: Normal government is the former.
2: Yes. It's all widgets. As if this is a mathematical formula. If we find the right top marginal tax rate, there's a certain number of economic growth, and if we hit it, everything, that's a panacea. The 10-year plan.
1: Both sides always have them. Yes. 10 years.
2: Yes. And, of course, looking at it that way, is one way that we acknowledge or don't acknowledge the truth of our own nature that it's sinful that it's fallen and that until that is addressed up front this is why we have to have a virtuous people the first sign of being virtuous is to admit you are not (laughs) the first sign of virtue is to admit I'm not virtuous that's why I need a creator to tell me what's right and what's wrong and I need to that's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom Wisdom that's why when your mama said, wait until your dad gets home, you would wise up real quick, okay? Because you understood who the power in the home ultimately was, and he had the power to make you, which means he also got the power to break you, and that is a, that's a foreshadowing of the relationship with our own creator. I love these touchy-feely sermons. Well, let, me, let me really tell you what the word fear, man. I'll tell you what it means. You know what it means? You think it wait for it? Is it spelled F E A? Yeah, it means fair. Same uh, thing? That's, oh. that's what it means, yeah. It means uh, do not waste your just as your earthly daddy is toiling the soil for you to have clothes on your back and food on your table. Do not have have him come home from putting from from that toil to find out you have wasted his time while he was working for you. This is why the master is so angry at the end of the parable of the talents. I was out doing what I need to do to make sure you have talents. I come back. You wasted my time. I tell my students in my worldview class. I tell my kids on my flag football team. Do not waste my time. If you waste my time, I will make you wish you had none of your own. Don't waste my time my time this is what it means don't waste don't don't redeem the time don't don't take advantage of the grace that's been offered to you this is why we're trying to clean the cup from the outside in as opposed to cleaning the cup from the inside out so we look at all these economic indicators to determine the strength of who we are as a people Believing that if the economy is strong, then we are. It's actually the other way around. And this is the formula that the founders understood. Well, Steve, some of these guys own slaves. That's exactly right. See, one of the great enigmas in the Bible is why God picks people who defy him, disobey him, and does great things through them. How could David be a man after God's own heart? He's, a, he's not a good king, <laughs> okay? He's not. He is a bad husband, an even worse father. So how do we reconcile this? Because David is well aware. He is self-aware of his own weakness. So when he is confronted with it, his response is always to do what? Repent. That gives him a humble heart. God does not need a perfect heart to do a great thing through us. He needs a humble one. Paul addresses this in the New Testament when he says, I've had this thorn in my flesh. Now we never know what this thorn is. It never tells us what it is. I think it's because if, if Paul if the scriptures revealed what the thorn was, those of us that don't share the same thorn would be like, oh, that doesn't that's not my problem. We don't know what it is. You know, it could be anger issues. It's not like Paul never lost his temper. Could be loneliness, desolation, despondency. It's not like he ever experienced false imprisonment or natural calamity or shipwrecks. Could be lust, single man traveling throughout a wildly pagan empire where sex is on parade and you're surrounded by this all the time and you don't have a wife. We don't know what it is. Heck, maybe it's all those things at some point. Paul says, I prayed, God, take this thorn out of my flesh It's causing me to sin. It's reminding me I like sin. And I can't really reconcile it because while I'm writing these epistles for you, and I can actively feel the Holy Spirit guiding my hand in the words I am saying, and when I get done and I read them, I'm like, I know I'm smart. I got pride in my, I learned at the feet of Gamaliel. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. This is smarter than I'm capable of. This came from another worldly source, what I'm putting here. And yet, right when I get done, I put the pen down. I put the quill down, whatever I'm writing with. And that thorn in the flesh flares itself up. And I'm like, man, I don't really want to sin like this again. I can't reconcile this. I got to, I've got these temptations. I want to do bad stuff. I might even be doing bad stuff. And yet you're doing these great things through me. How can I reconcile this? And what's God's response? Oh, thank you for alerting me to your own sinfulness. I will wait till you attain morally elite status. Once you do, we'll continue writing. Is that God's response?
1: No.
2: No. God's response is, in your weakness, see, you think your strength comes from not having temptation. You have it backwards. God says your strength comes from acknowledging that you do. And so you come to me. You cry out to me. I can do a lot with that. And he does. And he does. It's the guy who goes to the temple and looks at the people like you when you were Saul. See, when you were Saul, you used to look at people like you, Paul, and say, boy, I'm glad I'm not a miscreant near to well like that guy. I can't do much through that. Because he thinks he's got it going on. As Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. You are acknowledging, Paul, you are sick. David, when he's confronted by Nathan, acknowledges what? I'm sick. I'm bad. And if we ask for God's forgiveness within the boundaries of his law, mercy triumphs over judgment, man. And we forgive 70 times 70. The problem is we, we usually ask for God's mercy outside of his law. We usually ask god. the 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 problem we have with God's grace is not that He won't forgive us for breaking His law, even doing it with impunity into perpetuity. is that we ask for God to change His law so we don't have to admit we're sinners anymore. That's the issue, yes. This is another famous say Lewis thing where he talks about if you, you know if
1: you start off just one percent, off if you're talking about in the center of a circle. Well, you, you keep going in that direction. You're yes. going to be way off. And the NCS Lewis is you don't get to say, I'm so sorry and keep going on the direction. You got to go back to the source. You must. It's a non-negotiable. Yes. That's the only way to get correct. And that's you're, what you're saying.
2: The issue is not, I struggle with same-sex attraction, if, that, if that's who you are. And you know it. And you're willing to confront it. And you're seeking help for it. Even if you act out wrongly, act on it poorly, is God pleased? No. But are you beyond his grace? Not one iota. He
1: loves the one sheep.
2: That's right. will go get you. It's when you say, "I," you know what? I've just decided I don't really want to struggle with this anymore. And you're going to change God who you are for me. Now you're spitting on his grace. Now you're saying, ye be like God. Cheap grace what? You see my son over there? Yes. That was. No. I can't no. pay. You were bought at a high price. Paul writes, what was the high price? Another's life. No one can give you more than their own life. There is literally nothing another being on in the cosmos can give you more of than their own life, and that's what God gave you. And he, he didn't give this to you so that you would feel guilt and shame that you want to do things you know are bad. He did this to you, he did this for you because you feel guilt and shame for the things you want to do bad the writer of Hebrews says that Jesus took up his cross despising or scorning the shame he did it because of your shame not because he's ashamed of you this is what we have backwards within the boundaries of God's law the grace is limitless but outside of the boundaries of God's law there is no grace and we don't get to determine those boundaries; he does. So you can you can pony up as many AR-15s as you want. If we if we are a non-virtuous people, all we're going to do is create Dodge City. Just, we're going to create the Old West, man. That's what we're going to do. And the horse saloon is right over there, and the drinking saloon's right over there. And you know, you ticked me off and said something about my mama, so we're drawing at noon. That. That's what we used to do around here, right? That's how we used to roll. Sure. That's what it used to happen. That's a well armed people that aren't very virtuous. So they're crying out. What's the movie True Grit about? The woman is crying out for what? Justice. Well, how can there be no justice? All these people have guns. It takes more to have justice than just a well armed citizenry takes a virtuous one as well. Those two things have to go together. On the other hand, if you have all the virtue in the world and you're not willing to take your belt off and spank those who it's required of, eventually your virtue will only get you so far. And the unvirtuous will say, I see your virtue and I raise you a loaded gun. Bang. Thank you. And I'll send you a Hallmark card. See on the flip side. I'll see you in hell. Got to have them both, guys. Got to have them both. Dad really meant it when he said, this is going to hurt you more than it's going to hurt me. When I used to spank my kids, I didn't have to do it very often. I made sure the offenses were egregious. I hated it. That's one of the reasons why I made the offenses egregious. Because I hated having to do it. But you know what? I knew what would happen if I did not. Or if I threatened it and didn't follow through. I knew what would happen later on. I knew. So I had to do my job in order for them to do theirs. And that's the same equation, I think, that Dr. skousen Todd is talking about. This. So, way. just
1: to be clear, because in the last decade we've had a man in the White House who's thrown some gray area into this. We are supposed to cling to our God and our guns. Is this what you're saying to me? Yes.
2: Wow. Yeah. There's a reason the Marxist. See, the Marxist, Marxist Obama knows our worldview better than most of us who claim yeah, to have that's it do. It. There's a reason he linked those two things together. He knows. The devil knows more scripture than almost any of us do. He knows it well. The devil had the hubris to go to the word of God made flesh and quote his own word to him. Okay? Barack Obama, the likes of him, have been trying to win this argument with history their entire lives. They are better versed in in what we are than most of us are. There's a reason why he didn't just say, uh, you know, you you rednecks. Why, why did he go with bitterly clinging to these two? What two devices? What two mechanisms? Your guns and your Bible. Because one teaches you how to be virtuous and the other one allows you to remain so. That's why. What's the first two things any totalitarian regime throws out of the country when they take over? What are they? Guns and Bibles. And, and, and It just depends on the order. But they go every time. Every time. Every time they go. Every time. Why? Because one teaches you how to be virtuous and the other one allows you to remain so. That's why. And the one that teaches you how to be virtuous says that your God is God and not government. And God is not a respecter of persons. Therefore, the people in government have to bow the knee to God every bit as much as those they are governing do. Most of the time, tuta- and most totalitarian regimes want to bow the knee to nobody. They want you to bow the knee to them. Barack Obama knew exactly what he was saying when he linked those two things together. This wasn't just a pejorative. It wasn't just slang. He understands. He is a student of history. He understands what is standing in the way of the progressive utopia is your ability to resist with your soul and your character through the, through the discipling and the encouraging and the inspiration of God's inspired word. And then the ability for you to do so with your own hand. If it comes to that. And that's why in every totalitarian regime, the first two things that go, it's just a matter of the order. The word of God and your ability to defend yourself every single time. Final thoughts, Todd.
1: Well, I was hoping uh, when I teed that up, you would blast it, uh, and you did. Uh, when, I, when you first read this one, and I think this happened last time, too, the, the, it, it made me really sad because the term strength, uh, we just don't have it anymore. I mean, when you, 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 this is a famous saying in, all, uh, uh, in most uh, presidential State of the Union speeches. The state of the country is strong. N- no president can say that with a straight face. Uh, And the ones who actually are closer to the truth because of what you're saying are the current uh, Democrats and progressives because their lie is coming true.
0: Yeah, I think uh, at at the end of the day, um, the only going back to what I said, I think at the very top, the only way we're going to find our strength is. By going to the 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 ultimate source of strength in the universe, because it's not it's not our own it, this this whole conversation. We're not talking about our own strength. We're talking about uh, the the strength the the motivation, if you will, for why we do what we do, why we make decisions the way we do, why we believe what we believe, and the only place that that comes from is uh, God. That's that's really what we're talking about here. And so, as it seems, uh, these conversations come down to every single week. The only way we're getting back to that is through revival. Again, not for the sake of saving America, because America is great. But because of our recognition, revival will happen when we truly recognize who is really in charge here
2: well said both of you that'll do it for today's free podcast don't forget promo code dace if you want to check out today's tv show at crtv.com that's d-e-a-c-e promo code dace not just our show but all of the other tremendous shows we have here available for you at crtv as well until tomorrow john 317
1: Steve Dace. I like it, you.